previously on the Florida Files. Horrible, you know, that everyone now is just throwing everything on us at our, our lowest point. She's struggling with her emotions. It's been uh, very rough. Do you think um, Daniel's death was really her demise? Just one of those things where I don't think she could have recovered. What should have been an open and shut case was anything but. For days, media from everywhere camped outside of the Broward County Courthouse and the Broward County Medical Examiner's Office, which became ground zero for any information about Anna Nicole Smith. Smith died on February 8, 2007 in South Florida at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. And by February 14, 2007, a court battle began in Broward County Courthouse. question? When Anna Nicole Smith's body would leave South Florida and who would decide where her final resting place would be? Also, the Playboy Playmates cause of death still under investigation, no formal announcement of cause of death, and the body still at the morgue at the Emmys. Local 10's Yvonne Nava reports from the court. The judge made it clear from the beginning of this hearing, one key issue will determine the answer to the question of who will get custody over Anna Nicole Smith's body. And it's always going to come back to that issue. What's in the best interest of the child? It's been one week since Anna Nicole Smith died at the Hard Rock Casino and Hotel. In that time, her companion, Howard K. Stern, has said he wants to bring Smith back to the Bahamas to be buried. But her estranged mother, Virgie Arthur, claims Smith should be buried in Texas. The judge says if they follow the Florida statute, then this hearing may have to wait until Smith's five-month-old baby's father is confirmed through DNA testing before the attorneys and the judge can determine who gets possession of Anna Nicole. The judge appointed to preside over the case, Larry Seidlin, who goes from virtual obscurity as a Broward family court and probate judge to being the topic of everything from national entertainment news shows to parodies on Saturday Night Live to a recurring topic of discontent for Court TV's Nancy Grace. We're not rushing. With the spotlight on this courtroom and in Broward County, some don't like what they are seeing. Well, I'm happy the judge took a polite pill overnight. I was plenty steamed at him last night about the way he talked about Anna Nicole Smith and her body, totally inappropriate. He seemed to wake up on the good side of the bed today. Two lawyers. <laughs> and what's, what's going to be your role? With laughter in the courtroom and the judge personally chatting with many of the lawyers, some say it's an uncomfortable scene. Local 10 reporter Jeff Weinseer asked the judge about the memorable second day in his chambers when he lays it on the line with lawyers about Anna Nicole's body staying put. I'm not releasing a body. This body belongs to me now. I'm not releasing the body. We caught up with the judge late this afternoon and asked him about his comments. We're trying to show the community that we're, we're running a dignified court system, and I think it's coming across, I hope. Any regrets about those comments? Maybe a little too harsh? Um, it's uh, live action. We, we hope it's all running smoothly. Any, those comments that you made, though, and any regrets about those comments you made? Well, it's live, and I'm hoping it all works out well. Sideland skirted the issue then, 
But 12 years later, here's what he tells me. The interesting item that was taking place here, the lawyers were very distracted because there was a family case going on at the same time in California and in Fort Lauderdale in my courthouse. It was who was the father of this little girl, Danny Lynn, who was the father. And so the lawyers weren't completely absorbed in, in my hearing. I saw what was going on. I, I announced pretty early on that th this body belongs to me, which might have been a little bit of a too serious of a tone. Well, you were uh, quoted a lot on that. Yeah, they hit the front page in the New York I Post. Think they even use that in this SNL. Yeah, they said the New York taxi, former New York taxi driver, is owns the body of Anna Nicole. It was the front page of the Post because some relatives would call me from uh, from Manhattan, telling me that. Seidlin recalls, too, about being selected through luck of the draw to presiding over the case. And it's by random. It's blindly selected that it was my good fortune or, or bad luck to receive that case. I, I sometimes think that Anna's uh, shadow, her ghost, she picked me because, let's face it, I'm always a little bit out of the box. I'm not the cookie-cutter judge. So I walk into my hearing, the first hearing I have, there's 27 lawyers in, in my chambers. I mean, it looked like a bakery on a Sunday morning. They're, all, they're, they're, all, they're, they're hanging from the chandeliers. And um, that, that was the beginning of a grueling case. It was, it was the beginning of, uh, of a heavy-duty case. It was probably the most pressure in a concentrated fashion that I was ever under as a judge. I mean, I, I spent... 27 and a half years in the courthouse as a judge. Judge Larry Seidlin tried his best to calm the waters. This is a lot of stress. I'm on this case for a few days and I feel I feel the stress of it. Well, you don't know what we're talking about. Well, I know oh, what oh, oh, I oh, propose. Oh, oh, I see. You and I are in a different vein and you were, you were getting animated for no reason, my friend. Local 10 and Local10.com present the Florida Files. I'm Michelle Solomon, and this is The Death of a Bombshell, how Anna Nicole Smith became part of the Florida Files. Please let me finish. I have people that loved her, that stood by her, that were actually there, that actually knew her. And the woman sitting across from me has not laid eyes on that young lady since 1995. She's never laid eyes on her granddaughter, and she sits here today to take her to Texas and put her in the ground all alone. And that's what this is about. And, you know, that's really what this is about. And it's sad and it's sick. Palm Beach Gardens attorney Krista Barth, who represented Howard K. Stern in the proceedings, explains how she became one of the lawyers who was front and center in the infamous battle to bury Anna. Just tell me how you got involved in the case to begin with. I was friends and professionally with Ron Rail, who represented Anna Nicole in the California paternity suit. And he and I knew each other professionally through some 
other client dealings. And when Anna passed away, I just sent him a note saying, I'm very sorry to hear. I knew that Anna was not just a client, but a friend, that she had been his client for a very long time. And if you need anything, which I thought was more like I had um, access to clients that might be able to you know, fly her out of here or something like that. I didn't think I'd be trying a case in, on national television. Local 10's Yvonne Nava reports from the court. Would you write that little girl's name down on, on, underneath the word child? Three things are up for discussion. Anna Nicole Smith's body, burial, and the paternity of her five-month-old child. However, the problem seems to be which issue to address first. Barth says the case should have just been cut and dried. So that's where she was, and that's why the jurisdiction of the burial trial was in Broward County. So how did that all come up? So there, she passed away, she went to the medical examiner, which was uh, Joshua Perper, and, and then we find out that there's a question of where she's going to go from there? Yes. And there are pleadings filed initially that should allow her to just be released. But were there documents? There were. There was a will. There was and a Howard will. was the appointed executor in the will. Local 10's Roger Losey reports about that will. More than a week after her death, Anna Nicole's body is finally being prepared for burial. The question remains tonight, where will she be buried? Smith's will was made public today, but it doesn't do much to settle the issue. The 19-page document was signed in July of 2001, gives the proceeds of her estate to her late son, Daniel, and names her boyfriend, Howard K. Stern, as executor. That's important because Stern wants to bury Smith's body in the Bahamas, next to Daniel, who died in September. The will makes no mention of Anna Nicole's mother, Virgie Arthur, who wants to bury her daughter's remains in Texas. Arthur has sat quietly through two days of hearings, but Stern's been a no-show. I don't get it. He chose to be in this court. Where is he? He's in the Bahamas taking care of Smith's daughter, who's the subject of a paternity lawsuit and forbidden by court order to leave the island. Stern's attorneys offered to have him appear by phone or satellite, but the judge said today that he wants him in court next week to testify about where Anna wanted to be buried. I'm concerned for the baby, but it's what the judge ordered, so we're going to comply with it, of course. The other interested party that's already present in Judge Seidlin's courtroom? Larry Burkhead, who says he is the father of Anna Nicole Smith's baby, despite Howard Stern's very public announcement on Larry King Live in September of 2006 that he was the father of Danny Lynn, and despite the fact that his name is on the birth certificate, written in the Bahamas, where Danny Lynn was born. Another email from Karen in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Why has Anna Nicole been so secretive about who the father of her new daughter is? Well, um, I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, Anna and I have um, been in a relationship, and we love each other. And it's been going on for a very long time. And um, because of my uh, relationship as her lawyer, um, we felt that it was best to keep everything um, hidden. And we've actually done a pretty good job of that. Sure have. So you are the father? Yes, sir. 
Have, by the way, have, have there been any DNA tests taken? Is that proud a, father? A, what? I said proud father. Were DNA tests taken? Well, based on based on the timing of uh, when the baby was born, uh, there really is no doubt in either of our minds. Local 10's Nikki Mohan reports from outside the courthouse where constant pandemonium reigns both inside and out. The day in court ended as it began with a mob of cameras and very public exits. Larry Burkett, Anna Nicole Smith's ex-boyfriend, may not have taken the stand inside, but he held court curbside. To be here and get the, the ball in motion for what's to come, I think, you know, it feels great. Larry Burkett arrives in Florida to head to the court proceedings. And even though he'd been on the red carpets as a paparazzi photographer, he says he's never experienced such a scene. Eventually I got an attorney there or whatever, and they were just trying to make sure to get I guess a DNA sample to put to rest of, you know, the whole question that people kind of had in their mind, not me, but people were, you know, about the paternity and who was the father of Anna Nicole's baby. So that's kind of how I got involved in it. But I remember when I came there, it was just kind of a madhouse at the courthouse, and it was just like, uh, it was like there were, there were things like roped off and like people were screaming stuff behind barricades, and it was almost like, you know, I kind of look at it and think about when you go to a concert or something and or some kind of crazy event. It was just really kind of chaotic. And I remember inside where you thought it would be kind of more peaceful and to the point it was even crazier because of all the antics that was going on in the courtroom. Everybody had their position and everybody wanted a little something different. And those things where you, you really look back at some of the characters that this thing brought up down to, um, you know, just, just down to everything, like the burial trial, just was a ton of characters in that. People were, you know, um, you know, the, the judge was calling people by their state names. Yeah, you're Texas, you're California. It was kind of almost like a Judge Judy meets, you know, actual courtroom kind of thing. It was a, it was a weird thing. I think people felt that there was a fight over who was Danny Lynn's dad because of the marshal and the possibility of getting some big money. Well, that's what the media said. But the problem is, is that, you know, I dated Anna. First off, I was never married to Anna. So my, you know, so what, whatever, if anything, she would have ever received from that would have been my daughter's anyways. And so, you know, once paternity would have been proven. But I was with Anna for two years plus in a relationship. And the thing is, is that I had already, she had already been turned down one time and told she wasn't getting a dime. And we still dated a year after that. And to, a lot of people don't know Anna's financial situation to know that she didn't, it looks glamorous, but she didn't really have a whole lot when she passed away. It was complete bedlam, too, when Howard K. Stern, boarded by Sideland to appear, arrived from the Bahamas. This is the first time Howard K. Stern Virgie Arthur and Burkhead would sit across from each other in court since this saga began. We're going to make this right. Judge Larry Seidlin demanded order in the court as he works to decide who will get custody of Anna Nicole's body for burial. She wanted to go down with Daniel right then. She said, if Daniel has to be buried, I want to be buried with her. 
On the stand, Howard K. Stern testified that Anna Nicole bought two burial plots in the Bahamas so she and Daniel would be eternally together. At one point, a TV interview played in court showed Anna Nicole Smith calling her mother evil. In the short time she was on the stand, Anna Nicole's mom, Virgie Arthur, talked about why she and Anna were estranged. Drugs. She started to take drugs? Yes, sir. With that, the day adjourned, and the judge ordered everyone back Wednesday morning for more. Another video of Anna Nicole Smith was shown that to this day remains controversial as to its necessary place in the proceedings. Objections to the tape being shown in court were many. One is that it was only an edited clip of a longer tape, and two, that the tape was stolen from Smith's Bahamas home the day after she died. I think I just have a little gas. Say that again. Say it again. I just think I'm having some gas trouble. Why aren't you pooting then, or is it hurt? It hurts, and I need some, I need some gas poot stuff. Dad, you seen that video before they showed it in the courtroom? I saw it in the courtroom live. And I, 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 I stopped it after a certain time because you're the judge. You can allow or disallow. And I, I just couldn't stand it. It was a judge trial. I didn't have a jury. And I saw enough. I, I, it, was, it repulsed me. It's quite troubling. Stern's attorney, Krista Barth, who firmly and absolutely objected to the tape being shown, explains. Oh, the infamous clown video. Well, I will tell you this. Somebody should watch that from start to finish. Because if you look, there's two things. One that really helped me understand that video, which in the clips that are shown are really like, what is going on with this girl? And... But then you see two things. One, Anna has a character in a movie that she did called, I think it was called Illegal Aliens. In that is the same thing she's doing in this clown video. Illegal Aliens. You were right. Nobody said the missile and Lucy's butt gets away with it. Because look how big my belly is getting. Because it's gas. If you continue to watch that video, you see Anna go from that little sit, you know, talking in talking with that strange affect. You see her put on like liquid eyeliner without a without a hitch. And you see her go into a place where she's goofing around with this kid. So that's how that clown video was sort of taken care of. Was look at the whole thing. If you clip it then you can make it look like Anna is not, you know, is not okay. There was more disorder in the court. Once court was in session, the accusations came flying. Miss um, Opry did just make a statement to my client that he actually killed Miss Smith. Deborah Opry, the attorney, the attorney for uh, Burkhead, states in my courtroom, Stern's the murderer. Stern's the murderer. 
And I didn't want to get into that kind of uh, ugly statements when I'm trying to decide where to, where to bury Anna Nicole and who the father is. But that wasn't the place for that. Right. That wasn't the venue for that. Wasn't the place for that. When it was Virgie Arthur's turn on the stand, she testified that her daughter wanted to be buried in her home state of Texas. She told the court of another wish, that she wanted to be buried with celebrities. Testifying through tears frequently, Anna Nicole's mom, Virgie Arthur, spent the entire morning on the witness stand, answering more questions about her relationship with her estranged daughter. I'm just a little upset. Can you just bear with me? Absolutely. You have no idea what your daughter's intentions are as to where she wants to be laid to rest, do you? Not except when she was at home. She said she wanted to be buried in Texas. When she was home? Yeah, okay. when she lived in Texas. Oh. That's where she came from, that's where she was born, that's where she wanted to be buried, okay. with the family. And how old was she when she told you that? 25, 26, 20. she was in her 20s. She had a conversation with you about where she wanted to be buried when she was 25? Yeah. We have uh, family plots, yeah. Did she ever talk about wanting to be buried in the same area with Marilyn Monroe? Uh, wherever the stars were buried, that's where she wanted to be so buried. She, yeah, she said, she said, Mom, I want to live, I want to live this life, and this is my, my road, I want to live this life, and and yes, she did mention that once, that she would like to be buried by Marilyn Monroe. And the last conversation you had with your daughter about her death wishes, meaning final remains, would have been that she wanted to be buried in California with the stars, is that correct? The last death time, yeah. Yes. Probably so, yes. She was put on the defensive when she was asked if she had been paid any money by tabloids for her story. Have you in any fashion profited at all from the death of your daughter? I'm trying to process that question. In other words, have you have? have he you is. No, 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 we're not, we're not going to point yes, fingers. Yes, he is. With Virgie on the stand, attorney Richard Milstein, appointed by Sidelin as guardian ad litem to represent Anna Nicole's five-month-old daughter, referred to the information that someone had tipped off the media about the afternoon viewing of her daughter's body still at the Broward Medical Examiner's office. Published reports also claimed that Virgie squirmed on the witness stand when it was disclosed that she was driven to the lunchtime morgue visit by a reporter for an entertainment news website that pays money for photos and stories. She described the reporter as a close family friend, but when asked where the man lived, she couldn't answer. When the court adjourned for lunch, all the main players drove to the medical examiner's office. Larry Burkhead, Howard Stern, and Virgie Arthur. It would be Arthur and Burkhead's first official viewing of Anna Nicole's body. Arthur emerged upset, Burkhead solemn. After the noon break, Virgie Arthur wrapped up on the stand, vowing to bury both Daniel and Anna Nicole back home in Texas.
Local 10's Janine Stanwood reports on yet another person's testimony and more pandemonium in the court. Another, a former bodyguard, said that Anna was desperate to be buried where her son Daniel was. She literally jumped into the casket, her body, on top of Daniel. And early on... There was, however, a fourth party that should have a say in carrying out Anna Nicole's wishes. But since Anna Nicole's immediate next of kin was only five months old, Judge Larry makes a decision. I'm appointing, I'm appointing a lawyer who's, uh, I, I met him in, in a case one time where you want him when the hurricane comes. He doesn't, he doesn't move. He's gonna represent as a guardian at litem for the child in the Bahamas. Richard Milstein says he's had many interesting appointments in his law career, but the Anna Nicole case, he tells me there were a lot of what he calls oddities in this one. Hi, uh, this is Richard Milstein. I'm an attorney with Ackerman LLP. You uh, put me down as having the person with the white hat um, in the sense that I didn't have some of the same arguments anyone had. Um, I, I stood on behalf of Danny Lynn, and we didn't know who the father was. So we couldn't say that one of these people could make decisions on her behalf and make those decisions for the court. So I, I took a very middle-of-the-road approach in the sense of I'm not going to get involved in some of the arguments that were, were made, although people try to drag me into them. So tell me about those two weeks, because you do these... My life was turned upside down, <laughs> literally. Um, from the time the judge called me uh, until... Um, I, I got home on the night of March 2nd after the burial. Um, there was nothing going on in my life other than Anna Nicole Smith. Uh, so there are lots of oddities, and I don't mean that in a negative sense, but they would not be considered um, the usual aspects that one would deal with in a, uh, in a probate matter, litigation matter, or uh, courtroom setting. There were issues about the... Um, legal issues uh, that were being tried. Uh, in the midst of all that, I arranged for a private uh, uh, viewing that was just of uh, the mother um, and the two boyfriends um, in the medical examiner's office. Um, so it was, a, it was unique in many aspects. I know that Joshua Perper said somebody was, he said this in an interview I watched, that somebody was trying to pay him for pictures of Anna Nicole in the medical examiner's office. Did you have people trying to approach you and buy things like that from you? No, I didn't have anyone approach me for those purposes. I had people uh, approaching me for interviews, um, including one uh, female reporter following me into the men's room in the courthouse. After days and days of melodrama, infighting, tons of testimony, TV coverage, and even one lawyer fainting in Sideland's courtroom, it's February 22, 2007, and it's Decision Day, a full two weeks after Anna Nicole Smith died at the Hard Rock. Mm-hmm.
I want her buried with her son in the Bahamas. I want them to be together. <laughs> A sniffling judge, Larry Seidlin, made his opinion clear, but his official ruling from the bench gave the final decision on where Anna Nicole will rest to daughter Danny Lynn's legal guardian. The three players locked in a bitter battle in a surprise move locked arms after the hearing. I just want to say that I'm very grateful that Anna Nicole's wishes are going to be carried out. We all understand that we all loved Anna and it's in, our, in her best interest to come together and get this thing worked out for her best interest. And I hope to God you guys give the kid the right shot. I think that there was a lot of histrionics that were in the courtroom. I think that, you know, you became, you know, on the front of the New York Post and not that I'm not saying you weren't genuine, but they called you, you know, what was it? Crying cry Larry or something. Yeah, Remember yeah. when you cried? Tell me, that was such a, that's, that moment goes down in like YouTube history. Does it? It does. People watch the crying judge. I mean, what happened there? Yeah. Um, well, I, many factors were taking place when I teared up. Um, well, you see, even the great football coaches, when they have a victory or whatever, retiring, I, I knew I was going to get off the bench within a, a couple of months. Um, I had all this TV opportunity that I, I thought I would pursue. Did you get the TV opportunity from all of the, the TV that happened because of Anna Nicole? Well, Anna I, Nicole I, I believe A equals B, yeah. I believe, I believe that my, my natural, uh, that I believe that the case launched my personality to be attractive to TV producers, yes. Yes. I'm not sorry about that. I mean, that's the way I was. But everyone knows that's the way I am. I didn't ham it up for the TV. I, that's who I am and what I do to this day. My, my style was to try to always resolve it, to try to mediate it, to try to bump heads enough where I can get a resolution with the parties agreeing to it. And in this case, I had them holding hands. <laughs> they were holding hands outside the courthouse at the end of the case. Now, those holding hands only lasted a few hours. But the buddy system wouldn't last for long. The 4th District Court of Appeal in West Palm Beach grants Virgie an emergency petition to stop Milstein from taking the body to the Bahamas. Arthur's attorney, John O'Quinn, speaks to CNN on Sideland's decision. Local 10's Alex Loeb reports. It now appears that Virgie Arthur isn't going to let her daughter go without a fight. After it was announced that Anna Nicole Smith's body would be buried in the Bahamas next to her son, Smith's mother filed a petition to prevent that from happening. The appeal uh, it stands fine. We, uh, it's a two-step process. One is to ask that the order be stayed, nobody be moved until the appeal is done. Uh, that has been prepared and filed, and Monday morning when the court opens, our appeal will be filed. Arthur's attorney also says it could be two weeks before a judge makes a ruling on that, meaning Smith's body could remain in South Florida well into March. As for the courtroom drama that's taken place over the last week and a half, 
Virgie Arthur's attorney says it has been absolutely frustrating. Well, it's been hey, exhausting and very exasperating because I believe the judge started out with the wrong decision already cemented in his mind. He's the one who appointed the ad litem so he could get around the 18 years of age requirement. And I think he already decided how what he's going to do for her evidence. He should have just sent us all home and done it. There are many things that Judge Seidlin tells me keeps him up at night, and this is one of them. This is what he reveals to me. If I had the power, uh, to this day, if I had that power, he should have been exhumed. Danny should have been exhumed. He should have been removed from the Bahamas, either into Texas, which would have been the more natural choice, or L.A., and then my decision would have been easy. I would have buried him where Danny, where Danny is. I would have buried Anna where Danny is. But I never had that choice. My only choice was the boys in, in, in the Bahamas. I put the mother right there. They're, and I didn't arrange the funeral arrangements, but they're buried together. Sad, sickening and sad. I am still haunted by matters in this case, haunted, troubled by it. Coming up next on The Florida Files, join me, Michelle Solomon, as Anna's body gets to its final resting place and hear more of my interview with Larry Burkhead about the paternity fight moving to the Bahamas. That's next on The Florida Files. Get more of the story and online extras, including archive video and photos at local10.com. Are you a fan of The Florida Files? Tell us what you love about the series on Apple Podcasts and join other fans in leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.